everybody. Welcome to the next episode of Cast Matters. Um, today I have as my guest Jake Morris, who leads our controller and interim advisory practice at, at Whitley Penn. Excited to talk to him about now that you have all this data, what can you do with it? Um, so we're going to talk about the advisory side and, and how if you've got your accounting under control and you've got this data, now how can you use that to run your business better? So welcome, Jake. Thanks, John. So uh, yeah, just a brief introduction of myself. So as you mentioned, I'm a Houston partner in the client accounting and advisory department. I, I have kind of a split book of business. Uh, my engagements look very different, kind of split in half right down the middle. One engagement falls um, into one bucket that looks like a traditional normal CAS engagement, traditional outsourced accounting engagement, kind of a small to mid-sized client where we handle full back office outsource accounting, AR, AP, monthly close, account reconciliations. We're kind of the complete accounting department for the client, reporting the whole soup to nuts. And then the other half of my book of business is the more project work, which is the controllership and interim advisory team that you talked about. So as I mentioned, it's more project-based work we do anything from interim staffing. So if a team member has left, we can come in. If a controller has left, we can come in and be an interim controller until a new controller has, has been found. We can do anything from controller on down to kind of a staff accountant and come be that interim position until a new team member has been found. Also sit in and help with any kind of projects, whether it's accounting cleanup from a cash to accrual conversion, help with any kind of audit preparation or support during an audit. Um, we help with lots of SEC reporting or any kind of compliance reporting, and then lots of just traditional accounting cleanups, you know, advisory type projects, right? We have folks in our accounting department. We really just want an outside firm to come kind of help interview the team, evaluate our processes and workflows, help give us some recommendations to tighten up the processes, procedures, speed up our monthly close, tighten up our books and help get us a cleaner close process and a, a better set of books and, and you know, a cleaner uh, set of numbers and set of reports, right? So we can have a better set of data so we can start to evaluate the, the numbers better. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting to me um, when thinking about clients and and how we get clients and um, and things that they can think about. You know, a reason, a big reason why sometimes clients come to a firm like Whitley Penn is because their books are kind of a mess, right? The data is not reconciled. It's not in a good working order. They 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 can't get your financial statements for forty five days or sixty days or whatever it might be. And so that is kind of the impetus for them to change. And so it's interesting to me, you know, with the two sides of your business is, you know, you, the first side is the project side to come in and clean things up and, and go through that process. And then hopefully we get to that point. Now we can, you know, have a much better shot at, at doing their financials and on a monthly basis for their accounting. And, and now we have good information. Is that is that generally kind of how you see things? And and uh, tell me a little bit about um, maybe a project or two type thing where you worked on the front end uh, to try to help clients get to that point. 
Yeah. So we have a client that we're still currently helping out and it was, it was a recent acquisition, uh, current firm client, uh, but they came to our CAS group to help out with this acquisition. So the acquired company had four people in their accounting department. So not a true outsourced accounting client, more a CIA client where we're going to help out on the, on the project basis. And after the acquisition, one of the four accounting team members decided to leave. They were cash basis accounting at the acquired company, and they wanted us to go in, help convert them from cash basis to accrual basis, help walk through all the accounting processes and procedures with the four team members, reshuffle all the workflows with this one individual that was leaving and see if they needed to truly replace the one person that was leaving or the three remaining team members could absorb that departing team members responsibilities and they could handle it with the three remaining with potentially some support from Whitley Penn. So right now the team member left December 31st. The conclusion was the three team members are able to absorb her responsibilities and we're going to remain on as a fractional controller and supervise those three team members, help review the monthly close after we helped clean up the data, convert them from cash basis to accrual basis, and, and we'll help as they close the books now, kind of review those numbers and put together a set of reports at the end of each month. So we traveled on site, met with all four of those folks before she left, interviewed everybody, documented what all their responsibilities were, met with them, kind of figured out what everybody's skill sets were, met internally as the Whitley Penn team figured out what would make the most sense from a reshuffling of responsibilities. And then after we kind of figured out what would make the most sense, then re-met with the team and, and kind of re-divided all the responsibilities, reshuffled everything updated all of their official roles and responsibilities, did all that on the personnel side and the workflow side. At the same time, while going through the numbers, updating the numbers, cleaning up their books, so we could start 2024 with the clean set of books and kind of start with a, a fresh set of numbers with the kind of updated team and workflow starting this year. You know, uh... It's a pretty interesting project because it touches so many things, a lot of tentacles to it. Uh, I know, obviously, the acquisition. So there's some accounting around the purchase and, and getting that right that you guys helped with and then cleaning it up and evaluating staff and talking about process, which, you know, we've talked about in previous episodes about having good processes in place. Um, then from a technology standpoint, which we've also talked about, they have oh, two different sure. GL systems, right? Um, and so you're working on one, but ultimately we need to work through the process to bring them all into one single source of truth. So it just, you know, it's one of those things that's just, you know, kind of, it layers into itself of all different ways that we can help the client. And, and at the end of the day, though, what the client expects is to be able to run their business better, faster, uh, have access to the information and be able to, you know, kind of make decisions uh, in, yeah. in a more timely manner. Absolutely. Right. Now that we've got their numbers cleaned up, you know, the benefit of having clean numbers is the decisions that you can make off of that data, right? Now their numbers are cleaner. They're going to have more timely reports. Before we came in, before this acquisition, they were 
months behind the ownership and management wasn't getting they weren't getting reports until three, four, five months after close. And so now they're going to get them 15 days after the close of the month. They're going to be able to make decisions. They're going to be able to evaluate ratios, KPIs, and, and use that to truly evaluate the results of operations on a monthly basis. You know, and talking about data and all the benefits of having clean data, there are obviously a number of things that that benefits. And when you talk about truly like advisory services and how you can use that to your benefit in our, in our nature of work, there are a lot of areas that I see a benefit. And some of the things that we use that for, as an example, you know, some of the things that we do for clients is a 13 week cash flow is one of the things that we do often, right. For small businesses, cash is king, right. There's lots of companies that aren't even on, accrual basis financials or even companies that pay attention to financial statements. They just pay attention to cash in their bank account. And even companies that don't look at financial statements, they care about cash. And as long as you have good data on the cash side, you can generate a 13-week cash flow. But to do that, you still need good AR, AP data. You need to know your, your payment terms, your vendors, your receipt terms to do that correctly. And that gives you a good idea of your next three month cash burn, right? And and that's invaluable to clients that have not heard of that or have not seen that companies that are are still kind of in the infancy or on the smaller side to provide them with a tool like that to see that and what that can do just for their forecasting of cash balances and, and cash usage. Let's dive into that a little bit. So, yeah, yeah, sure. um, you know, thirteen-week cash flow. Uh, a lot of us heard that. Maybe there's some people on the podcast that hadn't. That hadn't. So, um, you talked a little bit about the process, but w- what is what does it take to do that? And then, at the end of the day, um, how does that help the client? You know, work better. You, obviously, you talked about cash is king, and so we all get that if if we've been part of any kind of business at all. But um, let's talk a little bit about what that you know, what that does and what that process looks like. Yeah. So first of all, just backing up evolution of a small business, right? I start a small business at the infancy of the business. I don't really care about my financial statements. I care about cash, right? I want to be making money. I want to be in a positive cash flow situation. I'm, you know, not speaking for every business, but majority of of startups at the infant stage are just caring about cash. I want to be cash flow positive. And a 13-week cash flow, it's kind of a goofy term if anybody has not heard about it. It's essentially a three-month cash flow. It's a, you know, an industry common term. 13 weeks essentially is a three-month cash flow. So you project out your cash flow for a three-month period. And in doing so, you use your accounts receivable and your accounts payable, and you project out your payment terms for all of your vendors, your receipt terms for all of your customers, any specific or special one-off payments, right? So rent, you have three months of rent. So you project all your rent, any insurance payments, you plug any of that stuff in there. If you have any special invoicing, if you do any invoicing that's different than monthly, if you have quarterly invoicing, you project that in there. It's essentially a one quarter cash forecast, right? So as I say, I mean, obviously I'm an accountant, I live in the financial statement world, so I love financial statements, but in the CAS world, small business owners are our bread and butter. 
And to be able to provide them with a tool like a 13-week cash flow forecast that a lot of them have not heard of and see how they can understand it and, and gain the appreciation of what it does for their future insight is great. So yeah, pretty handy tool. And to be able to provide that for companies and and people that have not seen it. And, you know, for us that put it together, it's it's pretty easy to put together. We understand it, right? Obviously, as accountants, we understand the inputs behind it for but for owners of businesses that aren't accountants, it can seem pretty daunting and difficult to put together. But you know, they're focused on cash and it gives them a really good output of data on where their cash balance is going to be in three months, right? So they can make lots of decisions off of off of that one report. Absolutely. I know a famous quote that somebody told me one time is you can grow yourself into bankruptcy if you're not if you're not managing your cash. Uh, so um, obviously that tool is is critical. So so what's the second uh, you know area that you guys tend to get involved with from a data standpoint, information yeah. standpoint? Yeah, another big one is budget to actuals, right? Which seems seems pretty obvious. Uh, most companies probably put a budget together, but the piece that I don't see companies do quite as often is is the comparison of an actual two-year budget, right? A lot of companies about this time of year or in December are putting budgets together, a lot of times using it for cash flow forecasting purposes, but that really tight budget to actual comparison on a monthly or quarterly basis tends to kind of fall off throughout the year. Obviously, that's something that our CAS department tries to stick to, you know, and and if if companies are running into capacity issues and are not able to do it because they just run out of time or don't have the staff to do it. That's one thing that we obviously like to sell as an advisory service, as, as an advisory service to any any of our clients or any companies that are looking to to come to Whitley Penn. Um, but you know, that piece of, hey, you've done all the work to put a budget together, that next piece of now on a monthly basis, I have my results, I have my actuals. Let me compare to what I put all that time in of creating a budget. Let's see how I did in, in comparing to my budget. I have all these inputs that I utilize to put a budget together. Let's see how I did in comparing to that. And, and then you have then you have answers. Then you have decisions that can be made off of that because either you did a really good job and those inputs that you used in making your budget, you stuck to those and you were really close to your budget. And okay, yeah, you did a really good job. Or you were really far off and some decisions need to be made, right? Maybe you missed your budget buy a lot. And then either your expenses were way up, right? Maybe there's an answer behind that and you know that answer, or maybe your expenses are way up and you don't know that answer and you need to go figure it out, right? Maybe there is some fat that needs to be trimmed because maybe your revenue is about where budget is, but your expenses are way up and your expenses are up way too high compared to where your revenue is. And you know your margins aren't where they need to be. So there's always a story and it, and it there's always a story that can be answered if you just dive a little bit deeper into the numbers. And especially those like budget to actual variances can tell some stories that you just have to dive into. Absolutely. I think we see a lot of business owners who create a strategic plan and a budget, and then they put it in their desk drawer and don't look at it again. So, um, yeah, so, so that's obviously a helpful. And then the third area is benchmarking and KPIs. So kind of go hand in hand, right? So KPIs stands for key performance indicators. So these are, you know, specific metrics, not really your financial statements as a whole, but specific 
company metrics that are important, relevant to the company. Um, a good example that I really like is we talked about this right before this podcast, John, but if you're Chick-fil-A, right? Everybody loves Chick-fil-A or any kind of fast food joint. Um, one that I always use as an example would be the number of transactions in a day and the average dollar of trend uh, per transaction, right? So if you're Chick-fil-A, you obviously want to make, you want to focus on the amount of revenue that you make. How do we make more revenue in a day? Well, you kind of have two variables to that, right? The number of transactions in a day and the average dollar value of each transaction. There are two things that you can do to increase the number of revenue in a day. You can increase transactions and you can increase the average dollar value of each transaction. So your KPIs, I would I would have two KPIs, number of transactions per day and dollar value per transaction, right? So as I look at my month over month results, those would be my KPIs for this specific piece of data that I'm trying to focus on. And I would try to focus on how do I increase my number of transactions per day and how do I increase the average dollar value per transaction? Just look at those in a vacuum. And if you're able to do one or the other, then your revenue per day is going to increase, right? You don't have to do both. You don't have to look at the big picture. You just have to do one or the other. Focus on the small things. Absolutely. Well, that's a, I mean, that's a great overview. And I, and I think I, I, I know that our audience and listeners will come out with some tidbits and nuggets for um, how the cast process and, and the clean up the data and those kind of things can really benefit them. So I, I really appreciate you diving into that with us. Um, if people listening have um, anything they want to talk to you about, if they have an opportunity for you, how would they get in touch with you? Yeah. So again, I'm in the Houston office. Um, Jake Morris email is Jake, J-K-E dot Morris, M-O-R-R-I-S at WhitleyPen.com. Phone number 713-386-1164 on the Whitley Penn website. And y'all can find me on LinkedIn as well. Awesome. Well, again, appreciate it. Um, great episode. Um, and that wraps up another episode of Cast Matters. Uh, we'll be back soon with more discussions of uh, different parts of CAS and, and how we can help clients, how the CAS process can help clients as they grow. So thank you and uh, everybody have a great afternoon. Take care.